Hello and welcome to the first episode for Locked On Penguins. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. And uh, wow, you know, still feels surreal that I get to do this on a daily basis for you guys. This will be a daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins throughout the season, off-season, whatever. Um, you, can, you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or however you get your podcast. Um, definitely also tell your friends about it. Um, you know, the, the more listeners I can get or we can get, the better it, it can be. And um, I'm so happy to do this. The season starts in three days. And today was a big day for the uh, the Penguins, or actually around the league, I should say, with a lot of cuts being made. I think we should start there for the Penguins. Um, a very surprising cut today was Casey DeSmith being put on waivers in favor of Tristan Jari. That was, that was, I believe, one of the big battles throughout training camp was who was going to back up Matt Murray going into the season. And Tristan Jari has won the job. And that was a little bit unexpected, especially after Casey DeSmith came off, excuse me, signing a multi-year extension over this past offseason to stay with the Penguins. He could have gone into being a UFA through the season to choose his own destination, but he decided to stay with the Penguins. And uh, it didn't turn out, it looks like, the way he wanted to as he was put on waivers in favor of Tristan Jari. And I do think that there will be teams for Casey DeSmith services. Um, he filled in pretty fine when Matt Murray went down, went down hurt. But, you know, I think people were making this out to be a little too much than some should think it is. I mean, yeah, he won 15 games last year. I mean, he had a 916 save percentage. That's about average goaltending. I mean, you'd take that, especially if you were a backup. But there's, I mean, I've seen a lot of takes out there today on Twitter, Penn's Twitter, about just about, oh, well, you know, it's bad asset management. They could have gotten something for it. Well, guys, sometimes the goalie market never really heats up. And some general managers evaluate goaltenders. It's so random how they do it. Some will give up a hefty price to get one. Some will give up nothing. Some will don't even want to trade for a backup level goaltender. And now that he gets his chance to go on waivers, a team will most certainly claim him. You know, maybe it's just that, oh, Tristan Jari beat him out for the position and the Penguins couldn't keep all three because that would be bad. That would be bad management, honestly, because there's really no need for three goalies. And they just, they cut the one loose that they didn't feel like he was going to be, he didn't win out the job. So, I mean, what can you do? So Tristan Jari is going to be Matt Murray's backup. And that's going to be interesting to see how he plays over a full season as a backup now. Tristan Jari, his time in the NHL, I'd say, has been limited um, I mean, he's really, I mean, you don't, I mean, he, his 20, in the 2017-18 season, he did play 26 games. He started 23 games. He won 14 of them. I mean, his save percentage of 908 was actually not too bad, but also very short sample sizes. He only appeared in two games last year that he started, uh, did not get any wins. Um, goals allowed was over three. Um, but, you know, this will be a good chance to see him as his first full season as a backup to Matt Murray. And, um, I th- I'm sure the Penguins are obviously going to hope. I mean, everyone should hope that Matt Murray stays healthy, considering he is the league's number one goal. I mean, he is the team's number one goaltender. Um, you don't, you don't really want to back up in too often. I mean, Jari will get about 20, 25 starts if Matt Murray is healthy for the whole season. But so that was a big piece of news. Other cuts for the Penguins: Adam Johnson was sent down yesterday. That goes down to 25. Um, he'll probably be one of the first call-ups when the Penguins inevitably hit the injury bug, which happens every season. Um, I can't really recall ever a season for the Penguins in the past, what, five, seven, eight years that, you know, they haven't been hit with the injury bug because it happens to almost every team, especially with the Penguins with some of the injuries they've gone through. Woof! Um, 
And then Zach Trotman is going to be placed on uh, the long-term IR. I remember Mike Sullivan said he uh, is out long-term, so that's down to 24. So there's basically one cut to be made now. Or if they really want to, they can keep John Marino and the nine defenseman, put Brian Rust on the long-term IR, which is what Jim Rutherford, it sounds like he's going to do today, according to multiple reports out of Pittsburgh. Um, Brian, that would mean Brian Rust, I believe, would have to miss the first 10 games, if I'm not mistaken. I can look that up right now. Uh, yeah, I, yes, he would have to miss the first handful, yeah, first nine, 10 games um, before he can be activated. So it looks like that injury where he blocked a shot. Yeah, not good. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah, he has to. He will not be available for at least 10 games in 24 days, and it will give the Penguins some short-term cap salary relief, according to Dave Molinari of DK Pittsburgh Sports. Um, but also, they also could not if he is not, you know, hurt too bad. And they could still trade Jack Johnson, which we still don't know if that's going to happen. It would make sense to still trade him, I think. It sounds like, according to Seth Rohrbaugh of the Pittsburgh Tribune Review, they're going to be keeping John Reno on the roster. Jim Rutherford has been very pleased with him. It looks like all coaching staff has been pleased. The fans have. And if that's the case, they're going to keep nine defensemen unless Jack Johnson is not traded, which I think it would be kind of foolish to keep nine defensemen on the team, two goalies, and then, of course, you know, um, so 12, I think, I think it would be 12 forwards. Yeah, so um, Jim Rutherford did say in the article to Seth Rohrbaugh that they may have to do some more cap um, relief somewhere. So, you know, it's still not out of the woods yet, people. You know, um, it could the, John Johnson, the Jack Johnson trade could still happen at some point th- throughout the season, if not before the first game. It just may not happen right now. Um, it's still like, you know, like the, all everyone has been saying, I agree, it does not make any sense for him to be in the press box every night while making $3.25 million per year for the next four years, which is just a stupid contract that Jim Rutherford signed, and now that he's trying to get out of it, and now that John Reno has basically made the team, uh, they're kind of in a big crunch here to do something before the season, if that involves whatever that happens. So that's the that's the news around the Penguins world today. Um, the only, of course, uh, again, only real surprise, I think, it, to me at least, was Casey DeSmith getting cut in favor of Tristan Jari. And, uh, yeah, we will see what happens with Jack Johnson over the next 24 hours. The Penguins have to be, have to set their roster by, around, I believe, 3 to 5 p.m. tomorrow. So in the next, yep, next handful of hours, look for something to potentially happen with that. Moving forward, I think, um, one of the big things I would like to talk about for this coming season is... The play of Patrick Hornquist. And he is going to be so important to the Penguins this season, especially after coming off like just such a, a down year for his standards. And for, I think, a lot of the fan base expected, of course, a lot more of him. Um, he only appeared in 69 games. He, uh, he went through a lot of concussion issues, put up 18 goals, 37 points. That is his lowest total of points and goals that he's had in the five seasons that he's been in Pittsburgh. Every other year, he's had 21 goals or more, 44 points or more. He's been super reliable, and the Penguins are going to hope that he can get back to that 2016-2017 level that he showed. I mean, even even 2017-18, he had 29 goals and 49 points. I mean, all those all those seasons where he showed that he's one of the most important players. But you know, of course, questions come. You know, what about his contract? You know, he's making over five million per year for the next handful of seasons. He just signed that extension. And a lot, those kinds of players, they break down a lot quicker than some of the, some of the other players in this league. 
and you know no, no, look more forward I'm, I'm mixing up my words here of course but look no further than Wayne Simmons of the Philadelphia Flyers he used he was one of the best net front presences in the league as well and the last couple of seasons after hitting 20 20 or more goals in um five straight seasons he only had 17 he only had 17 goals last season and after he was traded to Nashville for a pretty hefty price only had one goal in three points in 17 games. Um, I mean, he's he's also 31. He's very close in similar age to Patrick Hornquist. He's only a year younger, and his play has already deteriorated. Deteriorated. Like mixing up my words so badly again. I'm, my apologies, but um, yeah, it, it's just it, he can. They're, I think they're going to put Hornquist on the third line to start the season. It looks like on camp they've been experimenting him with Nick Bukestad, but honestly, Hornquist can play all around the lineup, any right wing spot, first line, second line, third line, fourth line. I mean, obviously he's not a left winger. He's a pure right winger. Sidney Crosby, it looks like, loves playing with him. Um, he's had good chemistry with Evgeny Malkin. Him and Bukestad did have good chemistry down the stretch, um, especially in the playoffs, even though the Penguins were embarrassed. And... Um, I just I think they're going to want to experiment that a lot more this upcoming season um, to see what they have there because it, it was a limited time last season with Hornquist on the third line he wasn't himself now that he's back to being himself um, they can see what they have there and adjust accordingly and you know I, I still think he will be on the top power play unless Jake Gensel replaces him which I mean that would not be a bad idea at all Jake Gensel is lethal on the power play. Um, I mean, for God's sake, he had 40 goals last year, and honestly, not even too, a lot of them were on the power play. He's just also a very good net front presence. Obviously not at the level that Patrick Hornquist is at, but you really can't go wrong with either one of those guys. Um, there's been a lot of, you know, people, some people like to hate on Hornquist. Oh, well, you know, he doesn't have the, the zone entries per 60 or whatever, but it's like, I mean, he does so much more than that. For the, he, does, he just does so much for the Penguins that, like, you just, like, you just, you can't, like, I don't, I don't mean to sound like an old-timer here, that you just, you don't, like, you can't see, I guess. Um, and, you know, any, everyone knows, I, I mean, I love looking at advanced stats. I know I know some of them are not kind to Patrick, Patrick Hornquist, but, I mean, like, he's a top six, top nine winger. He's very important to the team. He's a better, that the team is a lot better when he's in the lineup playing on his A game, and they're going to need him if they want to, uh, make the playoffs this season, especially, and go deep um, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, especially if they make it. And and yeah, I think that's really I really it on Patrick Hornquist. Um, next up, I think will be uh, Matt Murray. Um, I think a big, obviously, the big question, you know, with Matt Murray, you know, is his health. Obviously, you know, he hasn't played a full season yet for the Penguins last season. He only played in 50 games. Season before that, 49, 49. So he's hovering around that 50-game mark for the regular season. But when he's on, I, I just I can't think of too many goalies in my head. I mean, there obviously are some that are better when Murray is on his A game. And look no further. I mean, last season started off disastrous. He did not look like himself. Um, had a below 890 save percentage for the first couple months of the season. Went on the injured reserve with an injury, got his way back in mid-December, and from there on out, it was it was lightning in the bottle for Matt Murray. Um, his even strike save percentage last year was actually 
930 for the for overall, which considering where it was at the beginning, that's nothing short of a miracle. Same for his regular save percentage too. 919 all situations. That's I mean, that that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else more you can say about that. This was Murray's best save percentage since 2016-2017, where he was 932. Um and he was the big one of the biggest reasons why the Penguins, despite faltering a little bit down the stretch with losing some games in overtime regulation, that they they kept chugging along and got that playoff spot. And, you know, this is a contract year for Murray. He's going to, I think if he has the season that he had from December to the end of last season, if he does that for a whole season, we're going to be talking about $7 million per year here, folks. Uh, <laughs> I don't really, I can't really sugarcoat that. Uh, I can't really say that enough. Um, He's going to want bank. And with the Penguins salary cap situation going into next year, um, you you guys think this is bad. It is way worse (laughs) next season. It is, it is not good. If you, if I pull up my cap, the cap friendly here, they have, they have a ton of UFAs, RFAs to Think about for next offseason. I don't know why Cap Friendly is just being... Okay, got it up. So going into next season, Alex Galchenyuk, he will be a UFA. That's 4.9 coming off the books. Jared McCann, he will be an RFA. Dominic Cahoon, Dominic Simone, uh, Justin Schultz, Marcus Pedersen, and Yuso Rikola, along with Tristan Jari and Matt Murray. And Matt Murray is making $3.75 million per year right now. Yeah, with that big increase coming, the Penguins are going to be, be also be, of course, be tempted to keep Justin Schultz. He makes five and a half million per Alex Galchenyuk. There's going to be some serious implications going into next season for that contract. But you know, I'm sure the Penguins will worry about that when it comes. Oh, right, of course, I did forget that Dominic Simone, who um, is a pretty polarizing figure in the Penguins fan base. You know, you either love him or you hate him. Personally, I love him. He he drives possession. The only thing about him that is just not that good so far is that he doesn't score. You know, even though he does get his chances, I think it's a lot of it is bad luck. I think he's going to capitalize on the on his chances this year playing with whoever he plays with Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Nick Bukestad, whoever. But anyways, um, yeah, this this will be a very interesting situation to watch for the Penguins with Matt Murray and how he plays, especially is going to see what his contract uh, happens next season and. And yeah, I mean that's really, I mean that's really all I need to say on that. I think another big key this offseason is, of course, you know the Penguins replacing Phil Kessel. Um, they did get Alex Galchenyuk in return for him as the main piece, and Chucky. The Penguins are hoping that he can rediscover that goal scoring touch that he had in Montreal. Um, they like him better on the wing, though he is a pure center. So I'm, I'm sure at times if they want to this uh, season, if there's injuries that come up, which I, of course I said inevitably, inevitably will be, he can move to center. But preferably they want him on the wing next to Evgeny Malkin, who has had chemistry with him in the preseason so far. Um, in two seasons with uh, Montreal, he played there for five, uh, for excuse me six seasons. Two of those seasons, he had 20 or more goals. 46 to 56 points, and the Penguins are hoping that he can get back to there, especially with being, this is, Evgeny Malkin will be the best center that he's played with throughout his career. And I know last season, like, wasn't, like, it wasn't too good for Gatchenyuk, 19 goals, 41 points. I mean, that was also, it was on Arizona. They don't have a ton of high-end talent like Pittsburgh does. So, 
And also, I think the Penguins are going to be hoping a little bit that they can re-sign him. And the only way I think that they're going to re-sign him, though, is that Gauchenia kind of has like a down year, I'd say. Uh, like, well, not a down year, but like similar to what he's done the past couple seasons, you know, 40, 50 points, 19 goals, um, not, not like a 25 to 30 goal season that he did a couple times in Montreal when he was like a little bit younger, but, um, this is a okay possession player. Couple last couple years though, in, um, Arizona, Montreal, he's been below 50%. Um, but he should he should be getting a lot more playing time, I would say, with the Penguins. I think they're going to use him on the power play. Uh, I, it'll be the second power play. I'd say. I don't know if there's room for him on that top power play. There could be, especially if they want Jake Gensel and Patrick Hornquist on there, with, of course, Malkin, Latang, with Malkin, Latang, and Crosby when all they're healthy. Or they could also just put Patrick Hornquist on the second one and put Alex Yalchenyuk on the first one. They're going to flip-flop, I think, throughout the season. Um you know, Mike Sullivan loves to experiment sometimes uh, when the power play is inevitably hits a little bit of a rut. Usually, of course, the Penguins power play is among one of the top five best units in the league. It'll hit a rut at some point. It always does throughout the season. That's when Mike Sullivan will start to tinker with it. Would not be surprised if Alex Gauchemnik is on there for a little bit or for a while and they try to get him more uh, production that way. But, um, yeah, they're hoping that he can you know, discover that touch again. But with that, he would also outprice himself out of Pittsburgh, I would say. Um, he makes a little below $5 million, like I said earlier. And and if he has a big season, he's going to he's gonna get paid. And he will get paid very handsomely. He's only 25. He'll, be turned, he'll turn 26 this season. And some team will want to pencil him in for a six- to eight-year contract to go into his, mid, his early to mid-30s. Um, but we'll see what happens with uh, with Galchenyuk. Um, he's one of the players that I'm very intrigued to see how he transitions over to Pittsburgh, how he looks with Evgeny Malkin. Um, Malkin is it looks like he's raved about him a lot in camp, um, and vice versa with Galche- and without Galchenyuk raving about Malkin. So it's gonna. I think it's it's gonna be interesting. Um, I think you know. Also, I'll be curious to see who plays next to those two. It looks like the Penguins, like, they have their top two lines in duos so far. Like, obviously, Jake Gensel and Sidney Crosby. They're going to be playing together throughout the whole season. I'd be shocked if they were honestly ever split up unless one obviously gets hurt. And then I think Galchenyuk and Malkin. I think they're going to be together throughout the whole season. Um, But the right wing spot is pretty open up for grabs. And I think you'll see a multitude of players rotating there. You know, Brian Ross when he's healthy. Patrick Hornquist, like I said earlier. Um, Brandon Tanev, you know, he's been getting uh, a bit of time on Sidney Crosby's wing, though I could definitely see him moving down the lineup if it doesn't work there. Um, also, Jared McCann. Uh, I would like to see potentially he, him in the top six. He played a bit with Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel last last season for a little bit. They looked really good together. I would also not be surprised to see them on a line together for a lot of the season if they choose to, if, if Brandon Tanev does not work on the top line. And, you know, speaking speaking of Brandon Tanev, um, I like the player. Um, he was obviously the big contract that Jim Rutherford signed this offseason. He signed Tanev to a six-year deal worth uh, over $3 million per year. The cap hit is, you know, it's not that bad. He's a good player. I, I, that's my opinion on it. He's a good player. They kind of think he can resemble that Carl Haglin-ish game, good on the penalty kill, 
fast, tenacious to the puck, get, get gets pucks deep, first to get there, create this, you know, cycle it up. But I also think, you know, they just, and if Jim Rutherford, obviously, you know, his reasoning was, well, you know, if we didn't feel so good about the player, we wouldn't have done it. Well, a six-year term for that kind of player is too much. And that can be a contract that potentially backfires in the long haul, especially with, with next offseason with the Penguins cap crunch that's going to be... Uh, like I said, not pretty. Uh, that's one word to describe it with some of the the cap casualties that will likely come out of it. And but he's he can play up and down the lineup. He looks like he's going to start in Sidney Crosby's wing, as I said a little bit ago. And I think he's up to a kind of player that's going to he's probably going to be penciled in for about maybe probably 15 goals this year. Last season in Winnipeg, he had 14 goals, 29 points in 80 games. That's the best that he's done so far in his. Uh, three three year career. He's still rel- he's still he's twenty seven. So he's out of those peak years. You know what you're kind of gonna get out of him, which is like I said that fifteen goal range. Um, he's gonna play on the penalty kill. I mean, I mean that's what they want out of him. He can maybe play on the second power play. No, I doubt it. That's most likely not gonna happen. I mean, the Penguins have too good of players. I think to put on the second power play with him. On it, but I think most of his time obviously will be even strength. Um, but I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious to give this player a shot. I think for the Penguins, uh, and I think he can work with any player, any line, and he, he's just, he's going to be like one of those fast players that the Penguins I think were missing last season. The Penguins were just a lot slower than normal. I thought last season, especially in the playoffs. They, they looked slow against the Islanders. It was embarrassing to watch. They looked slow during the regular season. And I think Tanev helps in that regard. And that's how the Penguins won their first those two cups in 2016-2017. Speed and skill. And with him in the bottom six and the forwards that the Penguins had, this is one of the deepest groups of forwards that the Penguins have had since they won the cup those couple of seasons ago. There's not really any dead weight on the forwards. Um, I'd, put, I'd probably put it up there as one of the top five best forward groups in the league. And it'll be curious to see how much depth scoring the Penguins can get. Sometimes it's it's plagued them in the past, especially in playoff series where Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin have gone uh, silent. And when your star players go silent, you need those depth lines and those depth scores to step up and pick up the slack and help them out. And last season, it didn't happen as much as they hoped. So this season, they're hoping that they are. All right, I think that wraps up this first episode of Locked on Penguins. As I said, please subscribe to it on iTunes, Spotify, however you get this podcast, and we'll have another episode coming up soon. Um, one of my very, very good friends, Jeff, Jeff Kamovich, is going to be coming on the podcast in the next couple of days to offer his insight on what he thinks the team is going to do this season. Um, Jack Johnson talk, probably some trade talk, all that good stuff. So just keep it right here, here on Locked On Penguins. I'll talk to you guys soon.